Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Nikki C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way, a podcast dedicated to learning, growing, and achieving our lifelong goals. Today's episode, the producer and I thought it would be a great idea to talk about something that is often not talked about enough, and that's emotional intelligence. So um, this episode is just about getting to know what is emotional intelligence and what are some ways that we can kind of improve our emotional intelligence and giving some examples of emotional intelligence. So sit back and tune in. Also, we're having a little technical difficulties, so the episode's audio is a little off, but it is still, you'll still be able to hear it and, and get a good feel of it, but just know it's not uh, to the quality that we normally would like, but hey, things happen and you just got to keep rolling with the punches. So, all right. Hope you guys enjoy. What is emotional intelligence? Emotional intelligence is the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. Emotional intelligence is basically the ability to manage both your own emotions and understand the emotions of people around you. It's definitely the key to both personal and professional success. Okay. All right. I agree with that. So why do you think... It is so important for us to kind of develop this emotional intelligence in our personal lives, as well as in like our workplace. Workplace. You know, based off of the definition, I think one should understand the concept first, or have a clear understanding of it. And I believe both in our personal and professional lives that we'll be able to manage conflict a lot more easier or differences or difference of opinion or uh, understanding certain emotions that people may have from disagreements or issues they may have amongst whether it's in a personal space or a professional mm-hmm. space like work like co-workers classmates exactly sometimes even in your own home you know right. just it does it helps so much with conflict even if you don't have a high emotional intelligence it's something that you can grow and you can develop. So that's that's the really good thing about that. If you aren't someone who necessarily picks up on certain things, it's something that if you practice it, you can actually get better. Right. And some of the most important people, one of the most important places I've really seen it and being needed and utilized is in leadership. Because if the person who is leading doesn't know how to communicate and have different styles or and understand how to adjust their communication styles and their negotiation styles and their, then it leads to conflict because you don't know how to connect with people. Right. You don't know how to meet people where they are. You don't know how to misinterpret it and misconstrue. Right. So I think that a high emotional quotient is so, so very needed and necessary in all aspects of life. So um, like you said, the first thing we got to do is get down to the what is it? Right. So there are elements. I want to get to the the skills part of EQ. There are certain elements like empathy, effective communication, social skills, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation. 
I've noticed like my last uh, job, the supervisors and bosses, they, they always talked about a training that they had to go through. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered like, what type of training is this? You know, so EQ, uh, emotional intelligence and all that, a lot of professional settings are implementing training in, uh, in the workspace amongst supervisors and managers. And both uh, schools are, are actually teaching it too. That was something that when I taught a, like a freshman seminar course, that was one of the components of the class that I felt like it was important for, un- for students to understand what emotional intelligence even is. Just to give an example of emotional intelligence, say you are a professor, right? Or a teacher. And you have, there's different ways that you, maybe your student reached out to you and you just don't, the student maybe didn't, maybe wasn't as polished, but they reached out. Now, how you respond can really dictate how that is going to go. You can respond in a very authoritative manner. You can respond in a teachable manner, or you can respond in a kind of a mean, rude manner and just give, you know, what, what you felt that you got from the student. And your response can trick, not, I don't say trigger. It can, oh, it can trigger. It can trigger. It can trigger, but it can, you know, have you ever gotten an email from someone and you may have asked a simple question or you, or what you're, maybe you were confused about something and the response of someone, someone's reaction, it could be like short, it could be real curt or rude mm-hmm. or passive aggressive. Um, yeah, all of these things. And it's like, that's not what I, I was just asking a question. And now I feel like I can't ask you a question. Or now I feel like I feel a certain way about the response. So I think it's just very important how we communicate because we don't know how we can come off. Like, for example, there could be bosses who are very direct and to the point. They don't have time for, you know, giving you a lot of words or explaining a lot of things. They're just like, I need this now. Boom. Send it to you. But maybe the person that you sent that to, maybe they are very detail oriented. So you just say, I need this now. Well, they're going to ask questions. Well, what is it that you need? What do you want me to do? What, what, how can I help? I'm not now, I'm, I don't have enough information to go on. Mm-hmm. And that could be one person. Another person could be, well, you know, my workload is very heavy. You didn't even ask me if I had time to do this. Uh, is there a parameter? Is there a time frame? You know, now now I feel like I'm overwhelmed because you put this work on this workload on me. So it's just like a leader should really know who they're addressing or there's not even if even if you're in a leadership role, even if you are in a worker's role, just understanding that, OK, I know that this particular person is very direct and to the point. So I know I can't leave them a three paragraph email right. about this because they want you to get straight to the point. So me using my emotional intelligence, it's like, okay, I know that John wants wants direct information, so I'm going to be very direct with the information that I give him. Then you could be like, oh, well, I know Jane is very detailed, and she wants to know what is the process, what needs to be done, what's going to happen. So I have to make sure I give Jane all the information, say we have an upcoming presentation or something. I have to make sure that I'm giving that person the right information because they're very detail-oriented. And that's something that I know about that person. And not even just knowing that, not even knowing how they are, but just knowing their styles. 
Um, I remember there was a time when I had a, a co-worker. I needed, I was in a position where I had to get these signatures from all of these different people in the in departments and the, you know, in the different departments and different organizations. And he never checked his emails. I would send this this document out. Everybody would respond. They would send me their document. But I knew that this particular person just didn't believe in emails. So they never checked them. So me knowing that about that person, I would personally print off whatever I needed, sign, walk it over to that person's office or department, give it to them, and then wait for them, just wait for them to sign. Because I knew that for one, this person wasn't going to get the information back to me in a timely fashion because they're going to may sit on their desk. So I was like, okay, I know this about this person. So I would just do that and I would just wait, you know, I would just wait for that, um, for that person to um, sign it and they just give it back to me. And they were like, here you go. And it's simple, simple. Now we got, we got everything that we need and it's good to go. So that's something that I, that was a, I guess, an example of how I kind of had to use some emotional intelligence and, and, and figure that out for myself, you know? So I like that you gave an example of that because that goes with some of the components that I mentioned as far as effective uh, communication, social skills, self-awareness, self-regulation, and motivation. You was definitely motivated when you decided to walk <laughs> those yeah. papers over that needed yeah, to be Yeah, because I was like, so I can't wait all day. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. When I was in a in the workplace and they, they would talk about this training that the supervisors and managers were getting. And, you know, when I found out what it was, you know, I paid close attention to how people would act over time afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, and unfortunately, you know, I've actually uh, we had to the staff that I was a part of had to go through that training as well. Participation was a part of it. Fortunately, some of the things that were well, actually all of the things that we went through. Like training sessions? Yeah, basically a training session. The majority of the people that were in this room with us, they didn't follow what was being told. Oh, my goodness. You know, they didn't get the message. And I'm like, you know, I think sometimes, you know, people are so conditioned to be who they are mm-hmm. that when something new is taught to them or there's a process or a culture that's trying to be built upon these skills, most people are just there for a check. They don't care. And, you know, like, like these things are very, very important. Like, they're very, very important. They are. They really are. Can you give me a situation where you felt like emotional and your emotional intelligence really, really kicked in besides the one that you mentioned? Well, I remember one time I used to, um, at one point, I used to work at like a kind of like the front desk. And there was this woman, she came into my office or to the office space in general. And she was very irate because uh, she was looking for the IT. We had an IT guy. He was, I guess, working on her computer. And I guess he had the computer for a while. But, you know, it's IT. IT got a lot going on. But she came and she was irate. And she was like, where is da-da-da-da-da? Have you seen that person? And where is he? And what about my computer? And da-da-da-da. And I was like, and she just came with all of this energy. And it was interesting because other people in the um in the workplace had actually heard her come in and she her tone was escalated she was angry and so i was like okay so the first thing i realized i had to de-escalate the situation so if a person is coming in and they are upset because they feel like they're not getting the attention that they feel like they deserve from someone 
or someone was neglecting them, what you want to do is make sure you're giving them what they felt like they weren't receiving. So I knew that she needed all of my attention. And not only did she need my attention, but she needed me to provide some type of response. Because the thing was, she wasn't getting a response from this person. She wasn't getting what she felt like she needed. She was like, I'm not getting any answers. I don't know when it's going to be here. I'm upset. So I had to, you know, I don't know anything about this situation. But she's coming into my work establishment. She's upset. And it can disrupt not only the other offices, but if we have other clients or other people that come into the office, they're going to see this scene. Mm. So I had to figure out ways to, okay, give her what she needs. She needs a response. She needs, okay, like, you know what? This person is not here. And I tell you what, what I'll do, I will personally send a message to this person and ask them to come here and, you know, give that. And then I was like, and I will give them until this day and make sure that we get this on this day. So I gave and I was like, and what you could do is just follow up with me and I will make sure that I um, can follow up with this person to get your whatever, I think it was a computer And I was like, and we can maybe have it by Tuesday, you know, and I can make sure I'll follow up so that you have a response as to when this uh, information will be, you know. And so I was basically the go-between. And so I was able to reach him. I was able to get the information that she needed. I was able to calm her down. I was able to provide like, hey, well, maybe we can, uh, uh, to a degree of resolution, even though I didn't have a lot of answers, I made it a point to do something. Because she wanted someone to do something, anybody, you know, and that's what I did. And by the time I got her calm and I was like, because we're going to get you right. We're going to get this straight. We're going to get everything. And she (laughs) was, she, she, she had a smile on her face. She was like, thank you so much. And she was like, and then by the time she left, she was laughing. That's what's up. And then it was interesting because I had a coworker who overheard everything and she came around and she was like, wow, that was amazing because you really handled that well because I thought we were going to have to get like security to come in because she was she was very upset and for and she left with a smile on her face and left laughing and I was like that's the Mickey effect (laughs) y'all so you know I just had to utilize what I what I know about people and 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 put yourself in in other people's shoes being able to do that you know it's important so I wanted to go over some of the things that uh, you'll be able to identify in people that may have a strong EQ. So uh, getting along well with others and Mm -hmm. have a a genuine interest in other people. Yep. Self-awareness of strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Operating with integrity. Self-awareness of feelings. Your presence and focus. Self-motivated and well-placed boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, Yeah. That's that's important because like like what one of the ones that you mentioned, what was it getting along well and having interest with others Um, when you show interest in someone and you're genuine about it. It's 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 a very good way to build uh, communication. Like, for example, if say you have say you're the you're the you're the manager or you're the boss and your employee comes in. And they're just saying, man, I had a rough day. You asking about their day 
and being genuinely interested or maybe helping to come up with some solutions to, or maybe you're not even having a solution, just listening to them say, Hey, you know, my workload has been heavy, da, da, da. You know, you, how, how a person responds will, will really affect. Like, for example, if, 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 if a person comes in and they say they're overwhelmed and they've had a bad day and, and things are getting over, you know, they feel underpaid, overworked, and they're, you know, the shortage of people is, is getting to them. As the boss, you can't be like, well, you know, we shorthanded. I don't, what do you want me to say? Mm-hmm. You know, this, th- that energy that's going as, as if I'm the employee, if I'm the employee, I'm going to look at it like, wow, mm-hmm. I just said, Hey, I'm not saying I'm not trying to be a team player. I'm just saying, Hey, it's getting to me. Right. But another way that that person, a better way that person could have responded is like, you know, um, yeah, it is. It has been very rough, but you know what? We have really appreciated you stepping up and 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 giving your hundred uh, percent on the job. That hasn't went unnoticed, and I know it's been tough. And maybe we can, um, maybe you know, find a way for us to all come together and and do something as a as a community. Maybe you know, we can have all. I'm bring. I'll bring in lunch for next week. And I know it's not. It, it can't change everything, but just know that we. We value you. We appreciate you. And, you know, we, we, we want to do what we can. And maybe you should maybe leave a little early next week. You know, I know you said you had to go and do something, something. But you know what? It's OK if you clock out 30 minutes early. Right. Um, and so there's little things like that. That That's something that now a person sees, seen, they feel heard. They be like, now you feel like as an employee, it's like, OK, we're on the same page. We're on the same team. And that's not only in like the work life, just even at home. Like if you are, you and your spouse, both of y'all are working and, and, it, and, you know, maybe your spouse is complaining about how tired they are at work. You can't go home. Like I'm tired too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> shoot. You don't see me complaining. <laughs> you know, you want to make sure you're, you're listening to them. So with this part of uh, EQ, being able to identify these right off the bat, like, you know, is very, very important too. So, People with poor emotional intelligence, typically, they have limited social awareness, very, very limited, and they have a reduced ability to empathize and feel compassion towards others. So this goes along with what you're talking about. Have you ever, like, experienced someone who was just, just what you mentioned, just Mm -hmm. out of tune? Absolutely. Actually, I was friends with someone who had a very, very poor EQ. Just everything, everything that I mentioned, this person a former friend of mine, he was very limited with his experiences uh, in different crowds, especially uh, very culturally insensitive. But we we bonded over a common interest. In doing so, you know, later we became good friends. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking that, okay, maybe I could try to teach him certain things, but he really didn't have an interest in learning about cultural issues or growing as a person being exposed to different things that can help him learn the space, you know, being able to, you know, identify certain cues. But the biggest thing with him was the empathy part. And that was something that I later was pretty much able to identify that there was more going on with him. You know, some people are just born a certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just born a certain way. They don't learn these skills over time. It's just because they were born a certain way. And I believe that this was the case for him. There will be situations something kind of unfortunate may have happened in the neighborhood or we may have known of someone that he probably didn't like and something unfortunate happened to that person. He always found a way to make a joke out of it. Mm. And sometimes these people were people that we were friends with. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, when it comes to <clears throat> narcissists, you know, they <laughs> tend to, they, they need that supply. And that supply could be your, the people that's in their circle that cares about them the most. And unfortunately, I've experienced and seen that in work. Mm. Yeah, so. I've, uh, and I, I've seen that in um, people. I'm unfortunate I, I haven't had any friends where I've had that experience, but I've seen it in people, maybe sometimes in circles or out in the public, and you just feel like people, they're not listening. I've li- literally been out watching, people watching, and I've seen a woman pouring out her heart, trying to explain something to a, a person, and he's just scrolling on his phone, unengaged, disengaged, mm-hmm. he's not really listening, doesn't really understand why she's so emotional or whatever the case may be. But it's like empathy is your ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You may not necessarily agree. You may not have the same viewpoint, but just to put yourself to try to understand why someone feels the way they feel. Walking in their shoes. I think that's a skill that you have to work at. And you have to be conscious enough to know that, hey, you can be insensitive. Being insensitive and, and not listening to someone when they're trying to tell you something or not really hearing them. I always say you have to you listen to hear, not listen to rebuttal. Even when you're dealing with family members, when you're trying to tell someone something and they're looking at you and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. So, but this is what I'm saying. And so that when you, when you say that, mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying, that means you did not hear anything that I said. You weren't. You didn't even try to process it. You were waiting for me to finish. Mm-hmm. Now they want to get they, yeah, they shit they, off. They, they want to tell me about, you know, they were like, oh, you done? Okay, so this is what I'm saying. And I'm like, see, you, you, you weren't even trying to hear what I had to say. So now our communication has been broken. It's, it's broken down. We're not going to get anywhere because it's going to be like, you are right. You're not trying to see my point. I'm, now I'm disengaged from wanting to listen to your point because you didn't want to hear mine. Right. And then that's how it can be broken down in family members. So you got to really, when somebody's talking to you and they're trying to to connect with you and tell you something, and, and that's with family, whether it's friends, whether it's coworkers, listen. Like listen, not listening to respond to them, not listening to have the answer. Sometimes you just have to listen to hear it. And if you're not sure, you can always be like, so what I'm hearing you say is this. You don't feel like you're being heard in the workplace or you, you're feeling overwhelmed or you're feeling that, da, da, da. And that, so now you hear it you're, and, you, and when you give it back to them, now they feel like, okay, you've, you've been listening. All right, so to finish off the poor emotional intelligence and, and what it looks like and being able to identify it, when having a conversation, they lack active listening skills and they are often oblivious to the emotional cues present in their social interactions. That goes along with what you was just mentioning as far as, you know, actual like active listening, being engaged in understanding or trying to understand what the person and the point that they're trying to get across when they're talking to you. That's very important. No distractions. No, I'm in my phone. I'm doing something like and, and be right. quite frankly like that. That's kind of disrespectful anyway. It is. But some people are just not aware. They're genuinely just not aware of that or they just don't care. Yeah. I would like to speak on a situation that I had. I had to check myself. Speak on it. Yeah, yeah. There's times where we have to check ourselves. Mm-hmm. You don't expect certain things to happen when you're out there in a social setting or you're amongst people or certain things are said or, or actions are taking place in the space. But I was at a job. 
I was hired as a contractor, me and this other guy. And the other guy that I was hired, he was a black guy. We was hired to bring this hotel back into business as far as within the walls. On the first day of working, they had me and this coworker in this space that needed to, you know, like the, the fixtures, the light fixtures and everything, things needed to be replaced. The supervisor, he basically did a walkthrough with us and let us know what needed to be done. We pretty much knew what needed to be done. We didn't need no guidance or supervision or anything. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we're working, there was these two women, listen carefully, there was these two women, one worked in HR and the other was payroll. I, I had met them like an hour earlier prior to me being in this room. This is going to be their offices. So they took it upon themselves to be working and doing whatever they was doing. And then next thing you know, they call themselves giving us directions and and coming off really uh, authoritative. And it's like, we're contractors. Like, we do it our way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're not taking orders for you. Why are you? This was going through my head. And I'm trying not to, you know, because they was in our way. You know what I'm saying? You in the way of us doing this, this job. And it's like, I'm trying to, I got to be patient. I got to be calm because if if I say something and it comes off a certain type of way to these people, there's a narrative that they can form. I know this. I'm mindful of this considering who I am in the space that I'm in currently. I know that they control the narrative. And for me, after several minutes, it felt more like it was about power and being able to boss somebody around and tell them what, what, what to do versus them actually really, really needing to be down there, it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It was very unnecessary, and I'm very aware of this. For me, I had to I had to walk. The other guy's completely oblivious to this. So I had to take a break, and I had to leave the room for a little bit to gather myself, because at this point, I'm steaming. What they didn't know is that I wasn't far behind. I was just outside the door, and I hear them saying, saying certain things, and it was racially motivating. One in particular, she had a whole lot to say when I wasn't in that room. So now I'm super. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now it's super. It's two times now. Yeah. So it's like, I, I'm going through a bunch of scenarios. I, I know myself. I, I can't act on or approach this situation this way. Because if I do and they take it the wrong way, it could possibly escalate. And then next thing you know, everything is all effed up. I'm saying, and at the end of the day, my reputation is going to be tarnished because they control the narrative. When I came back in there, oh, guess who's back? <laughs> And I'm like, I'm not going to let this, you know what, <laughs> get yeah. to me. And mm-hmm. I got to stay focused on the business, sign, you know, there's a contract in place and my reputation is on the line. I'm not going to let this, you know what, get to me. I can't afford to, yeah. you know what I'm saying, at this point. So that's me being self-aware of my emo- own emotions, me going down different scenarios and being able to identify how mo- more than likely how this is going to play out if I respond a certain way to these two pieces of, you know what. <laughs> and me taking into account of my reputation. I think in that situation, I handled it pretty well. I was able to ignore what was being said and quickly just focus on what was more important at the time. I knew deep down inside, if I approached, even in a calm demeanor and tried to have a conversation with this person, it wouldn't have mattered. Because when you're saying racially motivated things, there's nothing, their mind is already made up. They've been this way a certain, you know, for a certain amount of time. My words is not going to have an effect on this person. Mm-hmm. I know who you are. Now, now I have to navigate you at this point. Yeah. And that's what I did. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, it, it, it's hard when you have to kind of be the 
bigger person in a situation using your emotional intelligence because you have to be aware that how you respond can have a triggering effect. I remember there was a time where there was a woman who um, she uh, she she worked. She was, I guess you would say, um, a contracted type worker, and she would come in at a certain time to to get let into like a classroom or something. And I get off work at five o'clock. That's the end of my day. Right. At that at that when I was at at that particular job. So I was done with the day. Now this person would come in after five and I'm wrapping up getting, you know, and I was kind enough a couple of times, this person needed to be let into a room. Now that's not my job. That's my job is not to, you know, be there to let this person into the room. That's not what is not in my job description. It has nothing to do with me. That used to be one of my favorite things to say in the workplace. That's not my job. Yeah, <laughs> this well, is when I, I was young. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I was polite enough to a couple of times help this person get into the room because they felt like they should have had a certain access. But you are not a full time employee, so you can't have that access. So but the room being open had nothing to do with me. But out of the kindness, I would, you know, open the door for her. But even though I'd be leaving, I'd be I'd kindly go open the door. And then one time she just comes storming into the office. She does a sweeping motion. She's like, well. I was like, well, what? You know, she was like, aren't you going to do your duty? And I, <laughs> I won't go there, but I will say, as speaking, as, especially being a person of color, and it's you're in this role, and you, I have no problem helping this person, but don't come to me in your role as a part time contractual employee and say something, are you going to do your duty and point? Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, the part of me wanted to tell her exactly what she could do and how she could do it to get that door open because I didn't really, you know, wasn't my issue. But there were a couple of students, college students that were in the hallway. And so I had to calm myself because I was not going to make a scene in front of these students because I had to handle this situation. So I used my emotional intelligence. I was, I was calm. I was like, I'm going to help this person. I'm going to open the door for her. But I'm got, I'm not going to tolerate this this level of disrespect. Right. So I did what I had to do. And I let the people that needed to know, know the powers that be. Because I don't think she understood. I was permanent. She was temporary. And when I say, hey, this person did this. And my, you know, the people who I work for are like, oh, they did that? Oh, that's not a fortune. Well, you know. We really don't need this person for this role. And there was some really, really good people in that department. I have really good people. Some really good people. Really good people. And they respected me and I respected them. And when I told them this is what happened, they was like, that's unfortunate. But their emotional intelligence like, well, you know what? We're going to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Sure did. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I don't say I can't say I saw her too much after that. <laughs> so you know, and I'm, and it wasn't about me, you know, or whatever. It was like, you know what? Once her contractual obligation was filled, they just decided not to renew. And that wasn't a, you know, because it's like if you're going to treat people or talk to people a certain way, this is this is your results. And so she didn't use her emotional touch because she felt very entitled. She felt like you know she was she ruled because she felt like she knew people above. Right. But we also know people above too. So. 
Yeah, so, I mean, this is exactly why we're doing this episode and talking on this topic because it's extremely important. It's important mm-hmm. to be aware of these things and the skills. Everybody's not perfect. Mm-mm. You can always work on certain things that you lack. You got to be motivated to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be motivated to do so. So to close off of, based off of what you, the example that you just gave, um, I'm reading something now and it says that people with lower emotional intelligence are unable to distinguish appropriate from inappropriate behavior. They often say the wrong things at the wrong time. They may say inappropriate remarks or crack a joke when a friend is grieving due to the loss of a love. Mm-hmm. So that goes to the situation that I said earlier as far mm-hmm. as knowing someone and being friends with someone who would do stuff like that. Yeah. This right here, you know, being aware of these skills and working on them with time could, could help improve relationships, productivity in the workplace, mm-hmm. and have a, a really good morale amongst co-workers. The worst part is having a boss and a supervisor that's so not qualified. Mm-hmm. And it, it just makes you, like, you're just not qualified to be in your position. And this is not even, hey, I'm saying to myself, you're not qualified you don't to have, have a conversation the, with me. Right? You don't have the emotional intelligence. You don't know how to talk to people. You don't, you're not good at leading. You're not having organization skills, but you're the boss. You're the boss. Mm-hmm. And, but having a boss or a, a supervisor or whatever that's in the position of leadership, that's delegating tasks. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you don't know how to talk to people. You don't know how to connect. You don't know how to, and it's like, you're giving a company a really, really bad yeah. Right yeah, you know, some people don't know how to talk to people. They talk at people. They talk at or they talk down to people. They don't realize it. Like, Can't don't insult you in your eyes. Don't insult my intelligence. Don't talk slower. Like, that means that I'm supposed to understand it in that way. What does that do? Right. I can tell there's trauma there with this person. Mm-hmm. There's some other underlying issues that this person has. Yeah. It's not even about me. It's, this person has problems. Yes. I think that one of the things that you have to establish is boundaries. In terms of you with your emotional intelligence, or if you know how someone reacts or how they operate, allow yourself some boundaries. If you know there's this coworker that no matter what, they're just going to have a nasty attitude, they're going to have a nasty disposition, and you you create limits. Work work with them with boundaries. If you know that being in person with them is difficult, then keep it through emails. Keep your correspondence through emails so that you don't have to necessarily have verbal communications on a regular basis with them, if you can avoid it. If there are people in your family who you know they just want to start arguments at dinners and keep off certain topics because you already know, using your own personal emotional intelligence, that, hey, this is not going to go well. I know how you connect. I know how you talk. I know how you interact with people. I know either your ability to have empathy or not, or lack of empathy, that allows me to know how to navigate you so that I'm keeping my personal peace. And I'm also still getting my message across if if I need to relay a message to you, or if I have to work in a team setting with you, I know how to navigate. So that's very important. Boundaries are I know sometimes it's it's hard, but do whatever you have to do to keep your peace. Your mental peace is very important. (laughs) Yes, yes. Keep the peace. And now, you know, we've given so many different examples. If you look into what, how you are, uh, how are your communication skills? Do you think that's something that you could say may come off as insensitive? How is another way you could say that so that you're not, or that you're taking into account how someone processes information? 
That's that self-awareness. Yeah. Are you looking at the body language? Does someone look uncomfortable when they're trying to talk to you about something? How, how are you going to deal with that? Is someone, do they seem upset? How are you going to de-escalate? How are you going to calm down? How are you going to solve the problem? Do you need to solve the problem? Maybe you just need to listen. So it's just so many different things that you can do. But the more you practice it, the more you listen and hear people and empathize with people, the more, the better you get at it and the stronger your emotional quotient gets. Right. With each situation, check yourself. Like when you want to send that scathing email because you got that passive aggressive email, write it out. But make sure you take out the name in the in the two, and don't send it. Don't send it. <laughs> write it, let it sit, come back to it, realize you were Ooh. angry, and delete it. <laughs> I recently had well, I, I had no business being in a situation, but it was just a, a situation where I was just I was tired and I didn't want to cook, so. Mm-hmm. Recently, I went to go get me a, a, a pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the flat joint. Mm-hmm. And when I go into the spot, I say my name. The person that I said it to, self to make a joke out of my name amongst people who he was working with. So what I did, and this is, I was being respectful when I did it. And I was looking at him directly when I said it. And I corrected him three times. And I could tell right off the bat, he did not like that. Mm-hmm. He did not like me doing that in front of his coworkers. So there was while he's busy making jokes and everything, he forgets to give me one of the items that I had ordered along with the order. So mm-hmm. I, I was like, yo, come here, let me say something to you. And I pointed out the receipt and I pointed to him like this is supposed to come with the order. I'm going to need that. He ain't like that either. But I could have easily let how I really felt. Yeah. And, 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 and I think just using your... Personal discernment on that, you know, you think you did the right thing, but, you know, you politely corrected them, but firmly to let them know that that wasn't okay what they did. I think that they had, it was a learning is something they had to, just like you didn't like appreciate, you know, what you did. You didn't appreciate him fumbling or making jokes about your your name intentionally. But you want to know how I got my, how I really got my frustration out when I was done with that pizza. That joint was good too. I went straight to Google. I signed into my account and I plugged in the address and I posted a very detailed review of the situation. Mm. And after that, I was done. I was cool. Yes. So you can, <laughs> there's ways to get your frustration out mm-hmm. in an appropriate yes. matter. Yeah. So you just have to be appropriate because at the end of the day, your emotional intelligence isn't just you being able to to connect with others, it's also you being able to understand your personal emotions and navigating your emotions so that you can handle a situation in the proper way. Because if sometimes, you know, there are some people just like, I just feel what I feel and I'm just going to do. You can't. Because in the real world, you can't just feel what you feel and react. You know what that phrase is common amongst Mm. young people? Yes. Yes. Um, although I still see myself as young, I'm not as young, <laughs> but the that attitude is just like, I'm just, I say how I feel. No, you can't just say whatever you want and how you feel because there are consequences. There's an action and there's a reaction. So you have to be saying how you feel could cost you your job. I mean, not saying something could cost you your job, but there's ways to- cost you opportunities. Yeah, because <laughs> of how you handle it. You handling it the right way. I could have, you know, when I had that situation where the woman was like, you do your duty, I could have said some things. But 
I would have said it with students as witnesses. I would have said it, I would have said it out of anger. So it would have probably came out wrong. And this person could have been like, oh, I just asked her to do something and she attacked me. Verbally. She was aggressive. Oh, oh, oh I'm a cry. Well, you know, or something, you know, because I'm dealing with someone who is not a person of color. So, you know, they're navigating their spaces in the way they navigate their space. And it was just like there was already a sense of entitlement with this person. So if I came off as aggressive, now that's a there's a different energy. I learned that, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna do that. And the reason why I reacted the way I did react is because I wasn't the only person of color she had done this to or talked to in a manner that wasn't appropriate. Other people, and so now it's like, okay, this person has a pattern. When I took it to the higher ups, I expressed how I felt and they used their emotional intelligence and they were like, they heard me and I felt heard and I felt listened to it. I knew something was going to be done about it. And I was like, you know what? They acted accordingly because you can't just kick someone out to the curve. You know, you got to handle it properly. So they was like, you know what? We're going to wait for this person's contract to end. And then we may not, we, we don't have to sign on them for them to come back. We don't have to. And that's exactly what happened. And that's exactly what happened. And I was okay with that. <laughs> All right. So this is this was a good episode. It was, I, think so. I think it was very necessary. I think, uh, I think yeah, it's a necessary thing because it's 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 prevalent and it's all it's not just it's always going to be relevant a yeah. relevant topic yeah it's not just your personal life it's also your workplace life it's your family life and and it can it creeps into all aspects thanks for joining us everyone tune in later for a new episode remember to hit the follow button if you listen on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a review. If you haven't done so already, it helps a great deal so that others people can get access to the podcast. And also check out our new website, www.lgitwpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button so that you can keep up with any special events or news that we have in the near future. Till we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to dreaming again, if not now.